0: Hey there it's pastor evan here welcome to unpacked this is a new series unpacking life as a messy human we're exploring the soul and the strength that comes from the journey of trying to live life authentically we hope you find it helpful and that you can see yourself in the conversations the stories and the interviews have a listen and subscribe this week we're jumping into the topic of shame. I share a little bit about what I've been reading about shame and I talk about how it affects our identity and how the practice of sharing our shame with God and others is important to our healing and self-compassion. So first of all, shame is kind of an, is a is a weird one. It it affects us really at the the depths of our identity, at the core of kind of who we are and and um, this is why it's, it's dangerous. And it's actually something we should really, um, give a significant thought to how it's affecting us, how it's affecting how we treat others. And that's a little bit of what I want to talk about. Um, to give you some context around this, I've been, I've been uh, doing a bunch of study and work on uh, some of my interior life and some of those kinds of things and, um, reading, um, a bunch on just the different emotions that we have, what they do, what they're like, how we misinterpret them, how we use them in healthy ways, unhealthy ways, all of those things. And in this particular book, I come across the the emotion or the sense of shame. And there's a whole chapter in the book. And so I am stealing some of this and this kind of a way of me just kind of processing out my thoughts, but I, I thought maybe it might be helpful to others as well. So the first thing is that shame is kind of in a way, it's a form of of disgust. Okay. And uh um animals have even um, a form of, of disgust. It's it's what it what it's what keeps them from eating like spoiled meat. It's like their 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 body right is disgusted by it and it tells them to like reject that thing. Uh shame kind of does a little bit of the same kinds of things. So to to our knowledge maybe there's some debate over this um humans are really the only um we' are the only ones who actually experience like um, shame. It's that gut reaction that we have that, that that we are gross, right? Or that we when we shame others that that they are gross. And, and a lot of that ends up happening around in particular outward. Around behavior okay so behavior is kind of all those weird things and it's like a few weeks ago i was talking to a, a, a therapist and we were talking about how guilt and shame are not the same thing and that, that that guilt is right that you did something wrong and shame is um that you are something wrong and so here's here's the the challenge is that sometimes our behaviors create guilt and we don't deal with the guilt And then it can go into this deeper into, it can turn into, into shame. And, and then all of a sudden this inner voice that we have is saying that we are disgusting and, and, and the trick with that is that that affects our identity. And one of the tricky things is that once we begin to believe that maybe we are disgusting, um, then we, we can quickly come to believe that everybody else would think the same thing of us. Right. Now, no, shame isn't always like a terrible, terrible thing, right? Um, in a lot of ways, uh, there is value in shame, and the value in shame is that that it, it's like a check engine light of the soul. It's the check engine light of the soul. It's that little flashing thing that goes off in our ba- on our dashboard that tells us that we need to investigate something further. And, and really, what's, what it's identifying is that the line between our identity, that is like how God made us and, and what God has made us for, that some of those lines are crossed with these like conflicting messages that that we've come to believe we are our actions and that we are ultimately something that is disgusting or should be we should be ashamed of. These lines get crossed. And so our identity kind of comes into 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 jeopardy. Now, the issues of shame, there are are lots of issues uh, around shame and and how they, in in particular, first of all, how they affect our interior life, but but also shame affects our exterior life, right? So, first of all, um, like some byproducts of how it affects our exterior life, that's maybe a safer place to start, is that we project kind of our, our shame out onto others. In other words, it's like if I'm like this, then everybody else must be like this. And so we have a distaste. This can be some of the things. We to start to have a distaste for others or, or a distrust of others, right? Or maybe even we hold others, we blame others, right, for what we've come to, to experience and discover. And that can be real. People can say rude things, nasty things, and my kids will likely need counseling because I've said things that I didn't mean. I didn't mean them. You know, I'm gonna give you an example about, about that in a little bit. And, and then one of the byproducts though, interior wise, is that shame leads us towards isolation, okay? Shame makes us, it makes us hide. You now it can make us physically withdraw, right? But but honestly, more often than, than not, it's not the physical with, withdrawal from public, but we begin to build up barriers of protection and covering and layers. If we go back to Genesis, you know, Adam and Eve in the garden, they, they 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 come to a place where they believe that maybe God didn't give them everything that they need, that He's hidden it in these, in this fruit, this tree of knowledge of good and evil, all those things. And so they they want what God has. And so so they desire to know and to be God. And so they take from the fruit. Well, well, almost immediately, right? There is guilt and then there's shame. And the shame causes them to withdraw. They, they they cover themselves. They they hide. And so when God comes and he's like, hey, where are you? They're hiding. They kind of need to be need to be found. And so, so when we think about this way, we may tell others, we may tell ourselves, we're we're doing this isolating work, this blaming work. Because the world is dangerous, right? The, the the world is unsafe. And so obviously we need to protect ourselves from it. And, and in some aspects, the world is unsafe and, and people will hurt us. People will harm us. And so we use that to hide. But But really what it is, is we are hiding from ourselves. We don't want people to know us. So how can shame be used as a tool? Well, it can be used as a tool for good and evil. The first, the first example that I gave earlier, right, is that shame can be the indicator, like that says, "Hey, you need to do some work. You got to look inside. You got to figure out some things. You got to call some friends. You got to call a counselor. You got to call a pastor. You got to connect with others." I'm going to get a little bit more into that in a few minutes, but also shame can be used to try to control others. And we, we place something that's happening inside of us upon others. And that's a little bit what I was talking about earlier. Here's, here's a little example, all right? My girls are just learning to drive. And uh, I seem to have drawn the straw of trying to teach the girls to drive uh, in between Kristen and I. And so there have been many times when we're out driving, I I have used shame in an unhealthy way. And, and I haven't necessarily done this straight up, but... But maybe as I'm driving around with them, it might be an example for me to say, you know, while they're learning, you suck at driving. And what I'm doing is that I'm actually cutting at their identity. I haven't done that, but work with me here. I'm actually cutting at their identity. I'm saying you are a bad driver. That's who you are is a bad driver. When, when really, if, I'm, if I was to really examine the interior, my interior life, what I really want to say or what I really mean to say is, I get scared when you don't stop at stop signs. Right. So, so in a way, projecting shame on them to try to control them to be better drivers. But really what, I'm, what I am saying is, I'm afraid. You scared me. Hey, we make mistakes. We have to be good to ourselves. That's going to be a part of what we talk about when, when we get to the, hopefully the good stuff about shame, <laughs> not the bad stuff. But but to be considering how are we in our life using shame to control others for our benefit. We shame somebody because they, they shed light uh, in some dark part some part of our own story in our own life. Sometimes we inadvertently place our shame, our hidden thing, on others. It can be damaging and can be really, really difficult. It cuts at their identity rather than addressing, sorry, what's really happening inside of us. So the bottom line is that that shame uh, can cause us to withdraw. Adam and Eve covered themselves and they hid. And in the more of the hiding we do, in the the more of the withdrawing we do, we can convince ourselves to isolate further. We can convince ourselves that if people knew the truth of what we were really like, they would be disgusted by us. That might be true uh, for some people. It is possible that... If people knew the truth of me, they might be disgusted by me and what goes on in my interior life. And then I have to ask myself the question like, is this a person that I need in my life? Or is this something, someone that isn't helping me to discover my true identity? The identity that that was given to me by God breathed into me, so to speak. These are hard questions, not fun questions for us, but something for us to, to deeply consider. The natural instinct when we're experiencing shame is to isolate. Sometimes we isolate physically. Sometimes we isolate by building up walls so that people can't get to the inner truth, the inner reality of things that are happening and that is a spiral that's that's not helpful okay so what is helpful well i was reading in this particular book uh the authors give this um great metaphor and the metaphor kind of goes like this it's like shame is like a grizzly bear okay it's massive it's threatening and when we see it when we're out in the wild our body is afraid And our body tells us to to instinctually do something, and that is to run. Shame, the natural instinct, is to flee from it. It is to run. But here's the thing about grizzly bears. Uh, Grizzly bears uh, like to chase their food. Um, And grizzly bears are quite fast they're quite fast. In fact, you can't really outrun a grizzly bear, especially a hungry grizzly bear. And and, and the same is true of shame. We can't outrun it, we can't get away from it. It it, it will continually pursue us. And so therefore, what do we do then? Well, in a way, the same thing is that actually experts tell us that if we run into a bear in the forest, that we actually should do the counterintuitive thing, that we shouldn't run, that actually we should, right? Make ourselves big. We should turn. We should we should face face. It. It's, it's counterintuitive. Right? But but that when we do that, that's that's the appropriate way to deal with it. Because grizzly bears like to chase their food. Shame loves it when we run. Henry Down uses some examples as often as metaphors. You know, how can we turn towards the thing that scares us the most? And for many of us, the things that scare us the most are actually the things that we carry with us every day. They're the interior things. So what does it mean for us when we catch glimpses of shame and it scares us, right, like a bear does? How do we turn to it? And how do we ask it? What is it? that you are trying to teach me? How is it that I can come to discover the true identity? So asking the true identity question is really the the way in which we turn and we go, that's not me. That is a lie. And I want to defeat that lie. And with God's help, I think I can. So the first thing is we name our shame. We have to learn how to do that. Um, Man, sometimes we need counselors to do that. Sometimes we just need to, to spend time doing some reflective work on places we've extended shame upon others, projected it. And sometimes we need to do that work of kind of going, what are the things in my story that I am carrying with me that are affecting the way, the lens in which I see the world? and and in doing so, sometimes that can come up. The second thing after naming it, I think is that we, we need to summon the courage, the courage to do the counterintuitive thing. And the counterintuitive thing is to actually turn and avoid isolation. It is to actually step towards community, step towards those loved ones that have demonstrated to us a trusting, Empathetic environment. Okay, so that's that's, that's a big one. It's a big one. Sometimes for me, uh, another step is to be good to myself. One thing that shame does is causes us to be hard on ourselves. So sometimes as a pastor, I often remind people, when they tell me something hard or something that's gone on in their life or story, I'll often tell them, no, that's not you. That's not you. Right. be good to yourself. Like, come on, think of all the things and reasons why you have this pain, suffering, this wounds, all those things. Of course you would do this. Boy, I'm good at, I'm good at actually helping other people do that. Um, uh, Terrible, like absolutely effing awful at doing that in my own life, in my own story. So I carry with me the shame, Right. And then, then I think, I think that we name it, we summon the courage, we step out of ourselves so that we, we can be good to ourselves, and then we start sharing it, and we got to find safe people to share it with, and to find um, humans. That's why community is important, right? Um, and and I think that one of the, the key places is to start with God. I think that God is always ready and willing to be present, to be a part of our healing journey. You know, the the irony of it all is that in some ways, the practice of sharing our shame with God is, is, is profoundly important, but it's not really profoundly important for God's sake. He already knows what's going on. He already knows the places where your wires have become crossed and your identity that he has given you breathed into you is being interjected with lies and and broken connections, broken wiring. He knows that. So the naming of it is really just you discovering those things on your own. So we first we tell that to God. And then I think we seek out others. I think we, we do what we can to lean into relationships in our life where people can hear our shame, and not be disgusted, where they can see as we voice our inconsistencies, our brokenness, all those things, and go, I see beauty in you. I see growth. I see maturity. I see struggle. Yeah. I even see places where you've hurt others, maybe still are but I see the beautiful thing in you, what you are made for, who you are, right? Those are the people who, who focus mainly on strengthening our identity, on reminding us of who we are, of drawing out in us the truest form of our identity, the thing that God has given to us. Oh man this is a hard journey though it it, it takes a great deal of self reflection and most definitely takes a great deal of truth and and to be honest with you I have shared sometimes some of my my deeper shame that I carry we all carry some forms of shame and it hasn't been received well and and we have to ask ourselves is being free worth the risk and I think it is and it doesn't happen overnight And it requires bravery and courage and self-reflection. It requires good relationships, healthy relationships. Um, It may even require protecting ourselves from some of the other unhealthy relationships that are present in our life. And sometimes, unfortunately, that's inside of the church as well as it is out. So, may God give you the wisdom to see your shame. Give you the courage to turn and face it. May he give you, um, the sense of peace, uh, to be good to yourself. And may he give you the words to share this struggles, the struggles of shame with, with God and with your community. And then may your community have the empathy the deep love of God, enough so that they might see you for who you are and not be disgusted. I think it's worth the risk. Um, be brave.